If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. You're listening to Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. From the Rocky Mountains of Denver, Colorado, my name is Charlie Robinson. Thanks for hanging out with me for the next hour. If you want to connect with me directly, you can do so via the email app, Charlie Robinson at TNTradio.live. You can follow me on Twitter at Macroaggressions, or you can catch my audio podcast, Macroaggressions, wherever podcasts are served. But let's start with the headlines for today, Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. Woke Chicago is at it again. Here's a headline for you. Achieving equity through mediocrity. (laughs) Chicago moves to eliminate high achieving school programs. Oh, fantastic. This is is Chicago logic for you. Uh, Make sure nobody's too smart to see how awful we are at doing our job. Oh my goodness. Uh, And from Reuters, Ukraine considers proposal by army to mobilize another 500,000 for war. Let me ask a question. Who? Who are you getting? Who who are you planning to call up for this war that nobody wants to participate in? When the war started, the average age was 30. Right now, the average age of the soldier fighting is 43. I, I don't think there's anybody actually left. There's definitely no money left from the United States, although they may, I don't know, Zelensky may hang Biden upside down by his ankles and shake the last couple million out of him. But uh Uh, This is trending in the wrong direction for the people of Ukraine. Also from the Daily Mail, Switzerland considers legalizing cocaine. Politicians declare the war on drugs has failed. Imagine that, a government idea so dumb it could only end in failure. In unrelated news, Hunter Biden has just been named ambassador to Switzerland. Uh, And finally... Boy, they hate him so much. They despise that man and they will literally do anything to get rid of him. Of course, I'm talking about Donald Trump. You better put a stake through his heart, maybe even literally in this time around, because Donald Trump has been thrown off of the ballot in Colorado. I am broadcasting live from Colorado. We're going to get into this over the next couple of days and see where things turnout. But um, Denver is a very interesting city. Uh, it's, uh, it's a red state, typically Colorado, but within it, the major city itself of Denver is very blue, very democratic. And that's not uncommon in a lot of states in the United States. So you have a maybe a Republican state in general, but a democratic stronghold in the most populous city. So um, you, you better hope the climate change gets him before that election i'm telling you right now because if you leave this guy around this he's the bad guy in the movie that they didn't they never finish off and then he gets up and crawls to the car and comes back to haunt your nightmares this is what donald trump always does and i'll tell you what they're playing a very dangerous game with this because if you don't put him out of his misery and he is able to get back on the ballot through some sort of legal wranglings or challenges or how it goes through the supreme court or whatnot you're going to make him a martyr. Not that he isn't already with the countless ridiculous lawsuits and, and all of that. And I'm no Donald Trump fan. I will tell you this right right off the bat. I have a hard time getting behind the guy. But I'll tell you what, we're starting to notice that we share common enemies. 
And so if, you know, his enemies are my enemies. So I, I suppose that in his fights against the mainstream media and his fights against the Washington establishment and his fights against all of the leftists out there, I guess I have to sort of pull for him on this, uh, at least in some capacity, because we're sharing a common adversary here. And um, look, if you just want to imagine, I mean, he 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 got my attention when he was running and it back in, in 2015, 2016, when he said uh, during the Hillary Clinton debate, you know, you, or you'd be in jail. Right. He got the you know, it was the real zinger, but he never actually did anything with that. But could you imagine an unhinged Trump back in the White House Knowing what he knows now, knowing that the mask is off, he knows who the executioners were, he knows where the White House. Knowing what he knows now, knowing that the mask is off, he knows who the executioners were, he knows where they where to find them, and he's got nothing to lose. That is pretty appealing to a, a large segment of the population out there. Um they're, they might attach themselves to it. So they might have made a serious miscalculation when it comes to trying to put Donald Trump away because he just seems to get back up. He is the Frankenstein's monster that uh, has broken out of the laboratory and may not be able to be controlled. Hey, if you missed your favorite TNT radio show or interview, simply listen back when you want, whenever you want. Just visit episodes on the TNT radio website. We're also on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbeam, iHeart, and TuneIn. Now, there is no reason to miss out on anything on TNT Radio. Talk that matters. For once, we just need to do what's best for this damn country and not what's best for the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. On Tuesday, the Federal Trade Commission, FTC, banned popular drugstore chain Rite Aid from using facial recognition technology for the next five years following charges that the retailer's use of artificial intelligence lacked appropriate safeguards and falsely tagged customers as shoplifters. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Oh, boy, the uh, the artificial intelligence isn't up to snuff. Uh, what a what a surprise there. It might be labeling people uh, as shoplifters. Who cares? Shoplifters don't it, get arrested anyway. What's the big deal? Yeah, good point. But the, the technology <laughs> might be racist, and I'm not even kidding. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah, that's at least what, what the spin that CNN went with when I was doing research for this. Um, but yeah, so what this specifically involves is the use of facial recognition for surveillance purposes, trying to nab those shoplifters and stuff. Uh, so they're not allowed to do so for at least the next five years. I'm not exactly sure why they're being so specific about these things, but the uh, the FTC is basically citing what they called the retailers, quote unquote, reckless use of the technology. Don't you hate it when technology gets used recklessly? Uh, so in the complaint filed just yesterday, December 19th, the FTC said that the retailer deployed AI-based facial recognition technology from 2012. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that? Uh, to 2020 uh, to identify shoplifters, but did not take, quote unquote, reasonable measures to prevent harm to consumers. This has resulted in some customers being accused wrongly by Rite Aid's staff because the technology 
falsely flagged them as someone who had previously been identified as a shoplifter. This is all according to the complaint. In addition, the FTC alleged that Rite Aid had failed to disclose to consumers its use of the technology within its stores and discouraged its employees from disclosing this information. They're like Fight Club style about it, I guess. Uh, the complaint states that employees acted on false positive alerts and, quote, followed consumers around its stores, searched them, ordered them to leave, called the police to confront or remove consumers, and publicly accused them, sometimes in front of friends or family, of shoplifting, end quote. The FTC said that Right Aid's actions, quote, disproportionately impacted people of color, end quote. You thought I was kidding about it being racist, right? Uh, no, it's true. Uh, Samuel Levine, director of the FTC's Bureau of Consumer Protection, said in a statement, quote, Right Aid's reckless use of facial surveillance systems left its customers facing humiliation and other harms, and its order violations put consumers' sensitive information at risk, end quote. The company, according to the complaint, collected, quote, tens of thousands of images of individuals, many of which were low quality and came from Rite Aid's security cameras, employee phone cameras, and even news stories, end quote. Under the FTC's proposed order, Rite Aid will need to impose comprehensive safeguards to prevent harm to consumers when deploying automated, automated systems that use biometric information to flag them as security risks. The retailer must cease using such technology if it is unable to control its potential risks to consumers, Right Aid also will need to implement a, quote, robust information security program, end quote, to settle the charges. The proposed order also requires that Right Aid delete all photos collected due to its facial recognition system, along with any associated algorithms and biometric information collected over the past five years. Right Aid says that the settlement with the FTC, FTC is subject to approval by the bankruptcy court overseeing its ongoing restructuring and the U.S. federal district court in which the FTC filed its complaint. The company, Right Aid that is, said in a statement, quote, we are pleased to reach an agreement with the FTC and put this matter behind us. However, we fundamentally disagree with the facial recognition allegations in the agency's complaint, end quote. Right Aid asserted that the technology mentioned in the allegations from the FTC was part of a pilot program previously implemented by the company in a limited number of stores. It states that, quote, Right Aid stopped using the technology in this small group of stores more than three years ago before the FTC's investigation regarding the company's use of the technology began, end quote. The company said it will, quote, continue to enhance and formalize the practices and policies of our comprehensive information security program, end quote, as part of its agreement with the FTC. Good on you, Right Aid. Now, hopefully the U.S. government and other organizations that seem to spy on us and store our biometric data will follow their lead. Charlie, what do you think? Well, it could be worse. They could be put on a terrorist watch list, right? Like the, like the people we talked about earlier uh, in the week where you you get the 18 month old baby on the uh, on the on the watch list for for that you know this is this is a slippery slope as we've discussed in the past whenever artificial intelligence is trying to quickly quickly sift through a ton of data faces whatnot 
mistakes are always made, right? And especially when they're using outdated cameras, they've got a Bigfoot camera in the corner taking pictures of you with a half a megapixel or something like that, you know, low quality blurred images, of course, they're going to make mistakes. But I wonder, what's the recourse? What if you're somebody that was a shoplifter and you you were wrongly accused by Rite Aid? I mean, we're living in a world of where the, a, a convenience store in San Francisco, an owner had to reprice every single item in his store at $951 just so that it would be technically illegal for somebody to steal it. And he offered them a, a coupon at the register, which would take usually like $949 off of the off of the price as a as a way to deter this. So we've got to get creative. It seems that there's there's either no appetite to manage the crime of shoplifting or there's an overenthusiastic appetite to do it with technology. Either way, I don't see this as being a a net positive for us, right? Oh, definitely not. It's, this is kind of interesting. I come from the world of retail, and what that that maneuver you just described by the 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 dude at the business pricing things and then adding a coupon at the, that's illegal, by the way. In case you oh, didn't know, it? no, yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 uh, consumer protection laws that are put in place to prevent uh, cuffs, I mean, companies from doing stuff like that. I know. I used to work at a toy company. Uh, it'll be re remain unnamed. Who was doing that kind of thing they were printing labels from the company the actual stickers with a it's basically a fake inflated price and then we would like draw with a red pen cross it out and put the the what looked like a sale price but it really wasn't it was just it's the price we were selling it at the store but it made it look like it was on sale and that kind of stuff is illegal uh so there's that and then also on that note i worked at a video store and in both the toy store and the video store shoplifting is a problem it was a big problem it's always going to be a big problem and i'll give everybody a little hint i mean if it's not a you know an employee coming out and calling you a shoplifter to your face if they seem extremely friendly and just want to walk around and ask you if everything is okay i'm telling you now that means they think you're stealing from them just a heads up it's wow. called an lp walk a loss prevention walk it, you just you know you're trying to be friendly but you're really just keeping an eye on them well, I think I saw statistics showing that the amount of items that are shoplifted from these retail stores is far in excess of the amount that is uh, taken in the form of burglary. We're talking about multiple, over $5 billion worth of items that are taken every year. It's a, it's a real problem, of course. And I can understand uh, a company like Rite Aid wanting to have uh, a robust computer surveillance or you know some sort of camera surveillance system that would um, keep track of their um mitigate their their losses and 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 I don't think this is limited to Rite Aid I think you can go in just about every store and you'll see cameras uh these days but the idea that they were using it to racially profile and target people that gets you into a real bit of hot water when you start to make mistakes and you you know you there's only so much you can blame on the on the on the computer, right? At some point, it has to be set up that way, or at least there has to be some sort of directive at the higher ranks of the company that's saying, hey, keep an eye out for people that look like this. And uh, if you do that, boy, you are asking for a lawsuit, are you not? Yeah, bias in the algorithm, probably. 
I mean, unproven at this point, but that would be my guess that they like, you know, whatever the, the little magic juice is in there, depending on who the developer of the program is, they might lean a little extra percentage point one way or the other based on certain, uh, um, whatever, I forget the word, credentials, I suppose we'll call it. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is a, a slippery slope, but we don't have to worry about it anymore. If you look in San Francisco, a lot of these convenience stores, including Rite Aid, have basically turned themselves into uh, vending machines. The entire row is protected with a clear plexiglass and you have to ask an associate to help, help you get a pack of razors or a bar of soap out of there. So we've, we're doing it to ourselves. It's a slippery slope. Hey, thanks, Ruckus. We'll see you tomorrow. Um, my guest in the second part of the hour is Sheila Matthews from ablechild.org. And my guest right after the break, Christian Yordnev, my certified health practitioner, will be with us from Portugal. Don't go anywhere. This is TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Chris Smith. Despite being used to protect travelers from terrorists, hijackers, or violent drunks, or those who were drugged out as they board, and this has been going on since 1961, they won't be around this Thanksgiving. None of them. Air marshals were always meant to be invisible. Well, you can guarantee that this Thanksgiving. Ironically, the Biden administration has been hijacking air marshals for all kinds of other duties, leaving the passengers they were meant to guard and protect completely helpless. Air marshals have been lumbered with assisting the chaos on the southern border. They might be called air marshals, but an unknown number are now seconded to work on the ground. Maybe they're ground marshals now, marshalling illegal immigrants on the border and doing the job supposedly meant for the United States Customs and Border Protection. Where are they? Chris Smith on TNT Radio. When you can point me to an industry, to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans, that's real. That's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. It's time to switch on today's news talk radio. Very entertaining. TNT. My first guest is the host of the Connecting Minds podcast. He's also the author of Autism Wellbeing Plan, How to Get Your Child Healthy. He's my certified health practitioner all the way from Portugal. Ladies and gentlemen, Christian Yordnev. Good to see you, Christian. How are you? Charlie, I'm great. Great to see you, brother. Well, I've got to give you the proper introduction because once I met you, I ditched all of my Western doctors. I just got rid of it. I was never really on board with it to begin with. And um, you and I have done work, plenty of work together over the years. You put me through an organic acid test to kind of find out where my baseline was for my health. And then we worked accordingly. One of the things that I wanted to have you come on and talk to the audience about is that here in, at least in the, you know, in the Northern Hemisphere, we're, we're, we're in winter, we're getting ready for Christmas vacation, we've got a lot of traveling, we've got cold weather, we've got a lot of unpredictable environments that we're going into and out of, and, uh, and of course, you know, if you're getting on an airplane, there's that and the recycled air and everything. What can we do? We know that we can't just take ask the pharmaceutical industry to protect us from this stuff. They're not in the business of protecting us. What can we do proactively to make sure that over the next couple of weeks, as these holidays go through and as we uh, we wind up in, into the new year, that we can protect ourselves from a health standpoint? 
Well, I think right now is a good time to boost our immune systems, right? So most people, doesn't matter if you live near the equator, in Africa, Saudi Arabia, Australia, North uh, Europe, North America, most people seem to be deficient in vitamin D. So I think anybody listening to this, if you're not taking vitamin D, it's probably a good idea to consider at least talk to your practitioner, get a vitamin D. It's always good to balance vitamin D with vitamin K2. So my ideal supplement will have about 5,000 um, international units of vitamin D. And usually they'll give you about, I guess, 100 micrograms of vitamin K2. And I always like to add extra K2, but that's a good start for most people because most people are deficient or at least suboptimal. And if you have the time, instead of buying it in capsule form, I would get it in a liquid form, like uh, usually dissolved in like MCT oil, some type of coconut fat, because that way there's less crap, less excipients in the product. And you can also rub it like in your belly or on your wrists because the these um, fat-soluble vitamins absorb really well through the skin. So it's a really good way to absorb it. Otherwise, take it with a fatty meal. Any, any main meal is fine. Then another one is, um, most again, most people seem to be deficient, not um, overtly, but what we call subclinically deficient in zinc. So this is another crucial nutrient for the immune system. So if you can get some zinc, we always have that. We always take that one. Now, once in a while, we used to take it a lot with my wife. But in the as soon as she feels a cold coming on or anything like that, she starts, uh, you know, adding about 30 milligrams of zinc a day. And usually we don't really get sick uh, in the cold months. So that and if you're if you're into whole foods, if you, if you don't like supplements, I would highly recommend adding more liver. And if you don't like liver. Um, grass-fed organic, ideally, get some organic eggs, grass-fed pastured eggs, get get those eggs into you because they have a lot of choline, B vitamins, and then, uh, you know these nutrients are uh, crucial for the immune system to run. You need a lot of energy for the immune system. So the B vitamins facilitate creating energy from the food we eat. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, once you and I got on board um, with, with my health situation. I feel like I'm in pretty good health. There's always room for improvement. There's always things that you can do. I um I found that I I I now have a counter filled with supplements. I have to I have to keep in you know, these are the ones in the morning and these are the ones I take in the afternoon and these are the ones I take in the evening. But it's made me more cognizant of what I'm putting in my body because I'm on this schedule with the vitamins. Um when you're working with a new patient for the first time, what do you, what, where, where do you start? Like, wh where would you begin? Yeah, just say they're clients, not patients. Clients, um, sorry, client, yeah, not patient. Um, well, the the first thing well, I, I have pretty pretty extensive intake forms, so we always analyze. Uh, the most important things are diet and lifestyle supplements uh, that they take. So we kind of I, I ask you like, how many times at night do you wake up to pee? Uh, you know, what time do you go to bed? What what do you do in the first 10 minutes after you wake up? How long does it take you to get out of bed? You know, when was the last time you had takeout food or how many times a week? So I really like to go super granular, uh, uh, even things like where is your Wi-Fi router? I ask all of these things. And then once we have this information, usually I already have an idea of what people need just by kind of talking to them even for 10, 15 minutes. But once, once I know that, I kind of give people a base protocol, diet 
diet, lifestyle, supplements, and occasionally some other other things. You know, like for example, if uh, we we've talked about this before, if they have like some type of soft tissue injury, I might uh, recommend red light, uh, various types of red light therapy devices. Um, if they work at the computer late in the evening, uh, one of the first things I'd recommend is getting uh, blue blocking glasses with red lenses. So it really kind of varies by every individual, but at the, uh, that's kind of what we do at the outset. And then over the kind of months, uh, weeks and months next, uh, kind of going forward, I like to analyze the diet. Uh, not not everybody wants to track the diet daily, so we kind of you know let adults be adults. But the people that do want to track the the diet daily, I kind of offer optimizations as we go, and it's really a fun process. Where um, you know I, I had one lady, she, every single meal she would eat, um, she had pain, gas, bloating. She had a huge aversion to food, and then months down the line, I remember she, she had a, a some whatever beans or something that flared her up and i just told her go back to your diaries when did we stop these symptoms from occurring she's like oh yeah within four days of working together those were completely gone so it really helps to track the diet for a while to for, for me to glean any opportunities to improve the diet which is number one as you know yeah and i think that we're especially here in the west we're very you know, we we come up with a lot of excuses. Work is always happening. We're very busy. The kids have to go to school. We got to get them to basketball practice or whatnot. And so there's a plenty of opportunities for us to eat in a way that's convenient to us, but maybe not the most healthy. And of course, now, as we're talking about uh, the, the holiday travel season, people are on the run. People are out of their normal routines. Not that their routines are necessarily always the best, but but even that, that uncertainty, lack of sleep, drinking a lot. Yeah. I mean, eating, overeating, eating at mm -hmm. weird times, eating when you're not really hungry, all of these things sort of play into it. And, uh, and what I'm going to do is when we come back uh, on the other side of this news break, um, I want to get into some of uh, of, I want to get into your new book a little bit. So we'll be back after this break. This is TNT Radio. TNT Radio News. Are you ready for some awesome news? Yes. One, two, three, four. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The Colorado Supreme Court ruled on Tuesday that former President Donald Trump is ineligible to appear on the state's primary ballot. Scientists from Adalta, a biotechnology company in Melbourne, and Trobe University have made a significant breakthrough in malaria research. A former Haitian senator, John Joel Joseph, was sentenced to life imprisonment by a federal judge in Miami for his involvement in the conspiracy to assassinate Haiti's president, Javanel Moise, in 2021. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. We're back with certified health practitioner and author Christian Yordanev. You can check out his work at christianyordanev.com. Um, Christian, the new book, How to Actually Live Longer, is <laughs> has been sent to the printers. I'm curious to know more about this because you and I have been working a lot lately on nootropics, and that was an area that I had very little information about. I knew just enough to be dangerous, but you came in and talked to me about some of the benefits of that, and you've sent me some supplements. I'm curious, what is this book about, man? Man, Charlie, this was, um, so I got, I think I got the idea sometime in September, and first it, I, the idea was to call it Shortcuts to Better Health, Longevity, and Mental Performance, but kind of 
over the months, it kind of evolved the idea. So now I, I figure the, all of these things, um, um, all the information in the book will be about how to live longer, how to increase our, not just our lifespan, but our health span. So I decided preemptively to call the book something along the lines of how to actually live longer. Now, I just sent the manuscript to the editor this morning. I'm hoping by before the end of January, it will be ready to publish fully. Um, and it's all about my research kind of this year. I really, I feel like I took a quantum leap in my research. So I, <clears throat> I um, undid a lot of conditioning and I, and I did a lot of brainwashing that the, <coughs> excuse me, the health industry had, um, uh, you know, conditioned me with, for example, I no longer, this, this is all, all going to be in the book, in the first volume of the book. Um, I no longer, think carbs are bad not that i ever thought they were bad bad but I, I i don't think fasting and low carb diets are good for health um and the book explains my rationale why low carb keto diets are not good for longevity why fasting or in intermittent fasting or water fasting <clears throat> are not good for longevity and a number of other things which kind of go against the grain of the mainstream like eating a lot of fiber eating a lot of polyunsaturated, heart-healthy fats, which we know are anything but. I think most awake people know that by now. So this will be the, the first iterate, the first volume of the series. I'm hoping to do it at least one more um, uh, next year. Um, and it's all about the reducing or eliminating the three primary drivers of disease, dysfunction, and early aging, which are stress, inflammation, and oxidative stress. So if you can figure out how to reduce these factors as much as possible and keep stress low, all you have to worry at that point is a piano falling on your head or your government keeping you safe to death. <laughs> well, I definitely worry about my government uh, quite a bit. The piano is less likely, but the government <laughs> putting its thumb on the scale, that's very likely. We've seen what they've done when it comes to getting involved in our health and yeah. um, and and of course the media's role in this as well when you're here in the united states we, the the mainstream media gets 60 percent of their ad revenue from the pharmaceutical industry so it's really tough to to turn on your nightly news if you even do anymore but to turn it on mm -hmm. and think that you're going to get some sort of actual unbiased analysis of of, of something as polarizing as vaccines or yeah. statins or 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 whatever and it isn't until later down the road that we see the massive class action lawsuits that go after statins or vaccines or whatnot and that and everyone goes, oh, hang on a second. You told me that these were safe and effective, uh, necessary. I was going to die without them, but now it seems that people are dying too. So, so what is the, in your estimation, what is the role of the pharmaceutical industry really? Well, actually, I think if a normal person gets hold of this book, uh, they may be a little bit disturbed about how how much of of the book is not about living longer but it's about protecting yourself from the pharmaceutical industry uh, you know getting its claws into you because that's a big factor for why people have really diminished health span and lifespan they get hooked up on these chemicals at a very early stage right so i i, I give a, a brief example in the book imagine <clears throat> imagine you go to the doctor and you need to be fasted 
So you can't eat anything. So you need to be fasted to get your blood work. Now you're driving to the doctor. You haven't eaten. Maybe you're stuck in traffic. It's a little bit sort of uh, stressful. When you when you don't eat, cortisol and stress hormones go up. They increase. And what that does is it increases your blood pressure. And when you go to the doctor, you haven't eaten, your blood pressure might go up, your blood glucose goes up because cortisol's role is to increase your blood glucose level so you don't, don't kill over from hypoglycemia. So you go to the doctor, you get your, your blood sugar is kind of high, your blood pressure is kind of high, also because there's also the white coat syndrome when people get nervous in front of the doctor. So blood pressure is high, Immediately, you can get hooked up on a blood pressure med. Your blood sugar is high. Um, you know, they can monitor you. You're kind of pre, pre could be pre-diabetic. Maybe we'll put you on metformin. But the, the point there is it's so easy to hook you, even though those markers were elevated simply because you were a little bit stressed, a little bit flustered. So this is kind of the kindergarten level of the that is the pinnacle of modern technology and medicine the the best brightest minds in the world trillions in 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 you know in research and technological investments and this is the best they can master then if your cholesterol is high which by the way a big reason cholesterol levels are high uh, it's just re, uh, decreased metabolic function reduced uh, thyroid function so instead of fixing the metabolic dysfunction they Again, a, a one-dimensional kindergarten level thing. Let's just reduce this number. It's like, you know, the, the analogy. Let's put some tape over the, the check engine light in the car, <clears throat> and then hopefully the engine will be fine, uh, and let's just forget about it. So really one-dimensional, very kindergarten level stuff. And, and here's the thing. They're just playing dumb. The chemical selling companies are just playing dumb, and then everything is genetic. Oh, it's idiopathic, which means we don't know the pathology right but at the end of the day all of these so-called diseases are lifestyle created and a lot of it is due to the toxic food supply toxins in the in the food so uh, the, i think the biggest factor is the vegetable seed oils i think that is and i have i have a whole chapter in the book when it comes out next month uh, i'll send you a couple of copies of course charlie there's a whole chapter on protecting ourselves from the seed oils because i i think Probably, and a lot of people will agree with me, it's probably the main driver of the entire disease epidemic from Alzheimer's, diabetes, metabolic syndrome, heart attacks, and cancer. Wow. Yeah, we've we've heard them described as industrial lubricants not to be used for uh, human beings. Of course, we, you know, in, in the states it's it's sold to us in in a very deceptive way it's it's as you mentioned they'll put a sticker on it that says heart healthy well what does that mean exactly and <laughs> um and and i think our relationship with the pharmaceutical industry definitely needs to change i'd like to remind the audience that the the major pharmaceutical companies in operating inside the united states are all convicted felons They've all been convicted in courts. Nobody's paid a larger fine in the history of corporations on the planet than Pfizer has for their fraudulent um, marketing, their shoddy science, the killing that happens of, of patients all over the world with their products. And it's not until the very end when um, the body count stacks up enough that the lawyers get involved they pay a settlement, they maybe pay a fine, but that's just the cost of doing business. When you do the math on it all, the whole thing, yeah, you make a, you bring in a hundred billion dollars, you pay 20 billion and 
fines and marketing and expenses, and you just write that off, and it's it becomes a, a very profitable industry. Uh, Christian, where's the best place for people to uh, find your podcast and maybe to get on the list with you to get this book in advance? Uh, everything's on my website, christianjordanov.com. You can connect with me there. I would highly recommend people do that. If you're having struggles in the United States, especially with your doctor, uh, you might think that you're limited geographically to who you can talk to about that stuff. I'll tell you right now, being in Denver, Christian in Portugal, he's my guy. We're not limited by the Atlantic Ocean. We say, forget the Atlantic Ocean. I need to talk <laughs> to you right now about what we've got going on with my health. That's Christian Jordanov, everybody. He's the absolute best. Thanks, Christian. We'll catch you next time. After the break, we've got Sheila Matthews from ablechild.org coming up. This is TNT Radio. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Did Joe Biden just defraud the federal government? Is he guilty of theft of services and filing a false document? What am I talking about? Well, Marine One isn't free. Passengers have to be listed on the official passenger manifest and they're billed for the transportation between Joint Base Andrews and the White House, just as passengers on Air Force One are billed by the Air Force. So who was on the helicopter but wasn't on the manifest today? Well, that would be one Hunter Biden. Can you just imagine the outcry, the calls for impeachment, and likely a criminal and a civil trial against President Donald Trump if it had been Don Jr., Eric, Laura, Ivanka, Jared, Tiffany, or Baron Trump that had hitched a ride for free. We don't need to ask the question. We all know what the hue and cry would be. And again, it's the double standard that is intolerable. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. <laughs> One in four Australian women experience domestic violence in their lifetime. Staying is dangerous, but leaving can mean homelessness for them and their children. With your generosity, the Salvos can provide crisis services and ongoing support, helping women find a way out of violence and a way back into a safe and stable life. Help us leave no one in need. Please donate to the Red Shield Appeal today. If you can't believe what you're hearing, get the straight talk from Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. My final guest is the co-founder of AbleChild.org, a Connecticut mom working to restrict personal school freedoms to, to allow the students to... I don't know, get back to a little sense of normalcy dealing with the public school system. Good luck on that. That's just always such a frustrating thing when you start dealing with government schools. But I'll tell you what, don't mess with mama bears. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Sheila Matthews. Hi, Sheila. It's great to meet you. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on Enable Child. We are delighted to um, be on your show. Thank well, you for having me. Well, well, thank you. Thanks for being here. We need to talk about these things. Can you tell us a little bit about your story, about how you got started down this path and how, why, why you wound up in a position where you even had to think about starting AbleChild.org? 
Sure. Uh, my son was seven at the time when the school uh, used a checklist to diagnose him and give him a label of attention deficit disorder. And I was getting ready for a meeting and I turned on C-SPAN. I was like, I've never heard of this disorder. My pediatrician never said anything to me. My son was healthy before he went to school. And then um, I you know, was getting ready for the meeting. I saw another mom testifying before Congress. And she was like, it was like she was telling my story. And she was like, the school told me to put my son on Paxil. And I was getting that kind of coercion, you know, why don't you try a psychiatric drug, you know, um, and I, my son was skinny, and he was tiny, and he was seven. And I was like, No, it frightened me something in my core said, this doesn't make sense to me. So I went into the school. I said, "I am. I don't believe in attention deficit disorder." And um, that mom and I joined forces back in two thousand and one, and we decided not to leave um, any mother behind. Um, we decided that we were going to work to inform the public that they had the right to refuse psychiatric labels and the drugs in the school system. So we went on to work on legislation. Uh, we helped get the uh, prohibition on mandatory medication passed, and that prevents the school from making it a requirement for a child to go on a psychiatric drug in order to attend school. So um, then, then I snowballed into working into foster care. I provided uh, Diane Sawyer with a whistleblower in DCF and where they were drugging multiple children. She did a one year long investigative report. And then that so, snowballed me into working into mass shootings um, through Sandy Hook, where one of the moms I helped in foster care um, lived in Sandy Hook and said, I think that that shooter was on psychiatric drugs. So I went up to Sandy Hook and with a petition to try to get signatures to get his medical records released. Then my organization sued the state of Connecticut for his mental health records. And that snowballed me into finding out that they're in bed, the government is in bed with the behavioral health industry. So that's kind of my journey for the last um, 20 years. <laughs> and um, you know, I'm, I'm just actively working still today on these mass shootings. Yeah. Well, there is a common denominator that we found with a lot of these school shootings, and it's selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. There's a lot of kids that are on psych meds. Now, I I wonder if, if that's... Um, you know, listen, not everybody that takes the drugs winds up grabbing a gun. We understand that. And so it's easy to say, uh, to be dismissive and say, oh, well, that's just, you know, you guys, you guys and your theories. Well, listen, when you've got a bunch of kids that are acting very unstable and, and erratic and suicidal and homicidal, and then you add into that, um, well, in my line of work, a lot of governmental nudging a lot of FBI connections, a lot of uh, situations where they say, well, he was on the government's radar. He was on the Fed's radar and they were they were watching him. But, you know, some of this is inciting the, these kids into violence. And if um, 
and, and it's, I think it's difficult for a lot of people, a lot of people that sort of don't understand the backstory of how gun control works. A lot of times the job is to inflame the gun lobby by creating shootings or, or advocating or putting kids in situations where bad things happen and then say, throwing their hands up and saying, well, the only way we can fix this is to take away all the guns. Now, I think an argument, can we could have that discussion, of course, but the question that never gets brought up is, what about the common denominator of all of these kids being on psychiatric medicines? Now, as I mentioned with my first guest here in America, the American media gets 60% of their ad revenue from the pharmaceutical industry. So good luck getting Anderson Cooper to do a big expose on how uh, SSRIs are really sort of a crime against humanity because, you know, he, you know that the president of Merck would be in his in the president of CNN's office the next day threatening to pull a billion dollars worth of advertising if he didn't get his guy on online. So what have you found about the role of not just the government in covering this up, but also the role of the media? Well, that's a really good question. Uh, I I found out that that is exactly true. What you said is that the pharmaceutical companies will be in the executive office saying, you're not going to run that story. So um, I know that with Anderson Cooper, with his coverage in Sandy Hook, like in Sandy Hook, you actually had a lot of corruption prior to the shooting there. Uh, the police actually were selling drugs right out of the police station and the FBI did an a investigation called Operation Juice Box. And what they found was they were selling prescription drugs imported and um, st uh, steroids imported from China. Now, you would have thought that would be important information to disclose to the public. And the media only focused on the guns. And what they say when they're focusing on the guns is this senseless gun violence. And it isn't senseless. There's a lot of sense to the pattern in these mass shootings, and they are the treatment. And I liked what you said. Not everybody is going to be on these drugs and commit one of these um, mass murders. But uh, Senator Grassley did an investigation into the clinical trials that um, these SSRIs uh, were um, producing a percentage of um, the people on these drugs were um we're showing agitation and um, and increased risk of violence. So not everybody in the clinical study turned out to have these massive side effects, but there is a percentage. So it's it's really Russian roulette. You know, we're we're allowing a certain percentage of um, these people, these clients, these pharma clients to have these adverse events. And what, what it is, is not everybody signed up for these adverse events, you know, so you have informed consent for the person who takes it. Oh, there might be, you might commit suicide. All right, that's a choice if the benefits outweigh the risk. Um, but None of us signed up for that. None of us signed up for a drug that's linked to increased thoughts of homicide. So we have um, a mental health and a public health crisis. Um, so I believe what you're saying is very accurate. The media, media has a vested interest and the government is in bed with 
the providers. So we have the government has these massive contracts with foster care, with the military, with the schools. And these contracts are given to the mental health providers. So there's no accountability. Yeah. Well, we know what happens if you get into the prison system, the government's prison system. We know what that can do to your life. What happens if you're a child? Use your 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 seven year old son as an example. If this had gone a different direction, and he had gone down the path of taking these drugs, and now it is noted in the school records that your child is on these drugs, what does that do moving forward as they progress into high school and maybe even into college? Is there a point at which this information is weaponized against the kids? Are they put in slow classes? Are they given uh, Are they given advantages? Are they given extra time to take tests? Are they give Are they or are they? Um, how does this How does this follow them from this point forward? Absolutely horrible because it is a label. You have a mental illness. The parents aren't told that your child, because you're labeled ADHD, oh, you might be getting extra time to take that test under the 504 plan in special education. And as a mom and a dad, you're like, yeah, I think I'm doing the right thing. But here's the thing those labels are actually in direct violation of the National Defense Education Act that was passed by President Eisenhower. So what that does not only stigmatizes the child, but it it, it creates a problem within our entire society because now that child loses the creativity and the abilities to be a useful member of society, they become on the dole, on the psychiatric dole, which we in in our field of reform and human rights call the cradle to the grave psychiatric freight train. So you you're you're on these drugs when you're in the um in up from seven the drugs start wearing off this drug isn't working so they start to introduce multiple drugs just like with uh, nicholas cruz in the parkland shooter where he was on a cocktail of drugs that are not fda approved for use in children and then he just becomes useless to society and then they protect him until all the way to the grave because they're not going to give out his mental health records. They're not going to provide any details to society that can illustrate the pattern within their failed um, mental health system. Well, in your case, your son was fortunate that he had you as somebody to advocate on his behalf and to research this and to get involved. You mentioned working with the foster care system. A lot of those kids their parent is the state, and we understand how diabolical the state can be. Um, what what is that like? What is it like for some for a child that's in the foster care system? Look, there may be there's plenty of reasons why you could wind up in that system to begin with issues at home, uh, uh, being born to parents that are addicted to drugs, being born into, uh, you know, into e extreme poverty and being left. Those things have a have a physical manifestation in the in the behavior of, of children, you know, regardless of in, uh, introducing psychiatric drugs, they find themselves in the foster care system with nobody to advocate on their behalf. And they wind up 
getting that label, ADHD. That's a kid that needs medication. So if you wind up in the foster care system and they slap a label on you, can you ever get it off? No, you cannot get it off. And what happens is the corruption within the system is an attorney, um, these law firms that are associated with the pharmaceutical industries um, that work on their behalf for all different avenues with big pharma and the mental health providers, they'll take on a case like in Connecticut, Juan F, there was a little baby that died in state care. And then they rush in and there's an attorney there and we're going to sue the state. But what you find out is that law firm is associated with the pharmaceutical industry. So they get more mental health money in. They don't, they're not advocating for that little dead child that didn't make it in state care. What they're doing is using that child's death to obtain more mental health money. And so what happens in the state care is not only do these children never have the ability to remove that label, they become, they age out and then they become homeless on the streets. They become, um, they oftentimes don't, you know, or they're on the rail to, to the prison system. So we have a crisis within the um, foster care system, but I would say the law firms that represent like, um, Scadden, um, Able Child did a huge article on Scadden, and they represent um, the pharmaceutical companies, and they reorganized the Department of Children and Family in state of Connecticut, but they kept all the loopholes to drug, to continuously drug these kids. It's so sad. It's sad that we've become as a nation addicted to pharmaceutical drugs. But but for the children that have no say in this, they're counting on us to do what's best for them. And and a lot of a lot of people have great intentions and they mean the best and they've been grown, you know, they've been raised in this system of thinking that there's a pill to solve every sort of uh, affliction, but of course we we know that there's more than one factor that 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 adds up to to these uh, mental health issues and and if you think that taking a pill is going to fix it boy that's just such an american way to come at the problem it's it seems like it's so so uh it just leave, leads you into a a place of um of despair i'm curious what what is the best place for people right now if they are hearing you or watching you and they want to help because this seems like an uh, this seems like an organization that I could really get behind uh, that could that could use a little bit of help in 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 a funding way or or elsewhere uh, what's the best place for people to go to help you and support your work Ablechild.org. Uh, we have currently, we just actually today just launched a public service announcement where it it, it goes over what, what I'm talking about today in a simple way. Um, it's really quite, my son produced it for Able Child, so I'm really very pleased with it. And it's linked to a petition at the end, and you can sign for free. I mean, I love donations because I don't get any federal estate I don't take money from the government at all. Um, so, you know, we're funded by parents throughout the country. But um, signing this petition 
for federal hearings into the link between psychiatric drugs and mass shootings is free. Basically, I need 10,000 signatures. We just launched this petition. It's going really well. I, I look at my inbox and I see every day about 10 new signatures. So I need 10,000. So people could do that. And it's ablechild.org. So we have that going. Uh, we have our petition. We have a huge event coming up in February in the state of Florida. Um, people can find out more about it on my website. Thank you, Sheila. That's ablechild.org. Thanks for being with us and for spreading the word about this. And big thanks to my first guest, Christian Yordanov. You can check him out at christianyordanov.com. I'll be back with you tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. Don't burn the place down while I'm gone. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.